our Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you this evening with much thanksgiving in our heart. We praise you for you are worthy of all the praise. We thank you that the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, who is her Lord. We thank you that we are his new creation by what and the word. We thank you that from heaven our Lord came uh, to sought, to seek us, that we may be his bride and that with his blood he, he bought us and for our life he died. We thank you that we are part of the church of Christ, the people of God that have been redeemed by the blood of your Son through the power of your Holy Spirit. And it is thus then, it is in that way that we gather this afternoon, even this evening. We thank you for, we have this privilege of uh, being part of a biblical local church as we continue to consider the confession um, in this uh, long chapter of the church, grant that we would uh, see the blessing of being part of, of any one given church that is truly the church of Christ. Bless our fellowship this, this evening. May your name be glorified in our midst. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please stand with me in your copies of the Confession to chapter 26 of the Church. So as you well know, we've been going through this chapter. I've uh, been able to see a couple of things, if I may remind you. We've been able to see that the Church of Christ is universal. It is universal uh, in the sense that God has had his people from the beginning of time up until now, uh, God has his people from every tribe, nation, and tongue, and people groups. Um, and we were able to see that the universal church is uh, both invisible and visible. It is invisible in the sense that we cannot see the work of the Spirit of God in the hearts of people. It's also visible in the sense that we can see those who profess the faith of Christ and live in light of it. Um, that we were able to see that the church of Christ will continue to the end. That the Lord Jesus Christ is not going to uh, let his church uh, die off. It's never going to, 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 to come to an end. That the church, is, the, the church is perpetual. It has perpetuity. It continues uh, on forever. And Jesus says that he will build his church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. Then we were able to see that the, the church has, um, has an authority. And the authority of the church we saw is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the head of his church. It's, it's not the Pope. It's not the pastor. It's not us who are members. It's not the one in the highest office in the diocese. The head of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that purchased his church with his own blood. He is the one that was sent by his father to accomplish redemption for all those whom uh, all those whom the father has chosen for him, all those who will repent of their sins. Thus then he is the head of the church. Um, then we were able to see that the church is not the church is not a building. The church is a people. But then it's it's also not an idea that people long ago after Jesus had left, decided to come up with, 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 with such an idea and call it the church. No, the church originates with the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, because he's the one that purchase, purchases, he's the one that purchased a people for himself. He's the one that uh, 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 ransoms people with his blood. And because of that, then he is the one that establishes it. He is the one that not only establishes the universal church by the virtue of dying for, for his people, but also the local church. Um, uh, and he's the one that determines and, 
and and requires that his people his people gather and then from paragraph 6 we were able to see that uh, th- 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 there is membership in in local local churches the universal church of christ is known by the local expression of it so we know that there are saints all over the world because saints all over the world gather in local churches so that every christian uh, uh must be a member of a local church in so far as they are able to and we were given there the basis of membership which is profession of faith in Jesus Christ belief in him um and we were also given there the duties of membership it's not going it's not going to be entered blindly um it, it should be entered willingly and all the responsibilities of membership should be thoroughly considered then we were able to see that um the church has a particular authority in and of itself uh, in the sense that um uh, in, in the sense that we we are the ones who do discipline as the church it's not the pastor but we are the ones who 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 uh, look at the word of god and determine how things are going to work so in other words churches should be congregational rather than being led by a certain group of men who are on top there is a particular authority that the lord jesus christ has given to his church his people which we were able to see there from paragraph 7 that it should be governed by his word and then paragraph 8 we saw the government of the local church the officers of the local church we saw that it's, it's the elders and the deacons there are only two offices in the government of the church the elders and the deacons we saw how the the officers are appointed from paragraph uh, paragraph 9 we saw the work of the pastors in the local church paragraph 10 what pastors are called to do especially to proclaim the word of god and to engage in in prayer and that ministry of the word we saw from paragraph 11 that in the local church preaching ought to be done by pastors but not by pastors only that uh, anyone else whom god gifts in the church can preach the gospel as as far as the church does recognize them then In the past two weeks we considered the matter of discipline in the local church so that paragraphs 12 and 13 tell us how discipline ought to work we saw that especially it's it's of a special importance that christians be members of churches because they should be disciplined we should be disciplined believers we should not walk according to our own imaginations and ways we are not to walk as though we do not have a lord and the way god has ordained that we are disciplined is by being members of local churches and then we are disciplined like that formally and in a corrective fashion formally in the sense that uh, what we call um um tragedy discipline a formative discipline in the sense that we hear the word of god constantly proclaimed we have brethren that are keeping us accountable uh, uh, and so on and so forth and then corrective discipline in the sense that if one fails to repent they are constantly called to repent and they refuse god gives the the injunction to call to to to, to excommunicate to discipline them to consider them as a non-believer we were also able to see especially how to deal with one another in matters of uh, personal conflict in the church personal offenses we saw are supposed to be dealt with in a scriptural way especially the way Jesus Christ has told us commanded us in Matthew 18 in the next two weeks the first one being uh, this week and then next week we will consider the matter of fellowship between local churches fellowship between local churches so paragraphs 14 and 15 grant what it means for churches to be in fellowship with one another you have heard us um talking about the RBAK the Reformed Baptist Association of Kenya and i am hoping that you have asked yourself whether this is a biblical thing we do want to be a biblical church right 
right? We want to follow the scriptures uh, as much as is practically possible. We want to be governed by the word of God as much as is practically possible. And thus then everything that we do in the church must be governed by the word of God. So if we say we want to join an association of uh, Baptist churches, for example, uh, the question that should pop up in our minds is, uh, this sounds like a good thing. But is it a biblical thing? Is it a thing that the word of God does warrant? Or where did we get this idea? How did we come up with it? Who determines what we do? Or how we go about such a thing? And the word of God is the one that should do that. So this is what we will be considering today and Lord willing next week. I'm going to read paragraph 14. And then we will discuss it. Paragraph 14. As each church and all the members of it are bound to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all the churches of Christ in all places and upon all occasions to further it, everyone within the bounds of their places and callings in the exercise of their gifts and graces, so the churches when planted by the providence of God, so as they may enjoy opportunity and advantage for it, ought to hold communion amongst themselves for their peace, increase of love, and mutual edification. Again, as each church and all the members of it are bound to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all the churches of Christ, in all places and upon all occasions to father it, everyone within the bounds of their places and callings, in the exercise of their gifts and graces. So the churches, when planted by the providence of God, so as they may enjoy opportunity and advantage for it, ought to hold communion amongst themselves for their peace, increase of love, and mutual edification. What are some things that you, you see from from this paragraph from the plain reading of it what do you see therein um, I think as a church as a local church we break other local churches mm -hmm. yeah as we see there that we should not just be involved in our own mm. things, but we ought to be praying for others so that we may uh, build that love and encouraging one another. Mm. 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 Yeah, I think we have a responsibility not only to pray. Uh, for other churches but to do whatever we can to further the good and prosperity of all the churches of Christ uh, in that second line to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all the churches of Christ not only to pray but also to do whatever we can to further the good and prosperity They are bound to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all churches, the churches of Christ. Mm -hmm. 
into edification. Mm. Communion there is fellowship, eh? Yes. It's not the Lord's Supper. <laughs> it's fellowship. Anything else that you can see there? deal with that next week uh what's the the the, the benefits of of such such fellowship between or among uh, among uh, like-minded churches uh, what i'd like us to do today or at least from this paragraph is establish the biblical basis for fellowship between churches is this a biblical thing um, that we that we be in fellowship with other churches? And um, the writers of the confession would say that, yes, it is. It's a biblical thing and it's a thing that we see in God's word. But then let's, let's, <clears throat> let's, let's establish that. We're told there that as each church and all the members of it are bound to pray continually, for the good and prosperity of all the churches of Christ. And um, we, we stop there. We see that um, there are churches. So the writers of the confession do not simply assume that the universal church is there, therefore, full stop. No. It's that there's a universal church and the local churches are are the ones that do show that there are uh, people of God everywhere in the world. So, so they say as each church, so that they acknowledge the, that there could be believers here, there could be believers uh, down in Maua, in Meru Town, in Nairobi, wherever else uh, in the world, so that there are different local churches while being part of the universal body of Christ, local churches are different. So he says, as each church. Now, it's also important to note that the way the New Testament has especially been written is that these are letters to churches. So the Apostle Paul writes, writes to the, the, the church the, the churches in Ephesus, uh, Colossae, Galatia, the Corinthians, and so on and so forth. Um, so that the whole idea that one can be a Christian and not a member of any local church is completely unbiblical. It, it's not a thing that uh, any Christian should hold on to, and especially uh, pridefully the way today's christians do they say oh i'm a christian but i don't do i don't go to any church yeah, I, I, my church is in my heart no church every christian ought to be a member he says as each church and all the members of it 
so that Christians are required by God's word, as we have seen before, to be members of local churches, to be members of particular churches, so that one cannot say that they are a Christian and they're not a member of any church. It's, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a contradiction of terms. They are either pursuing membership in, any, in, in, in one church, or as we saw, they are, they are a Christian in a remote place where there is no church and they, are, they, they want to find a way that they can go to a place where there is a church. Or there is some providential circumstance that is hindering them from being a member of a church. It's very important that I continue to emphasize this because of today's Christianity. You're going to meet with many people who believe that they are Christians. They are completely convinced that they are Christians going to heaven while living contrary to the will of our Lord Jesus Christ. That every Christian be a member of a local church. Now, when people hear, hear you say that to them, they will think you're telling them to, be, to become members of TRBC. And so then you ought to make it clear that it's not really a matter of being a member of our church. It's really a matter of being a member of our church and a biblical church for that matter, a true church of Christ. Okay, so he says, as each church and all the members of it are bound to pray, continually for the good and prosperity of all the churches of Christ. So, so you, have, you have seen us every Lord's Day pray for particular churches or churches that we are like-minded in nature um, and even other churches that we do not know of. We, we, we pray for churches. It's because the Bible does uh, bind us to pray for Christians. We see the Apostle Paul doing, doing this um, over and over and over again in his churches as he writes to the saints, the saints uh, in the particular church that he would be writing to. And so we see that it is, it is our duty to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all the churches of Christ. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We have not yet reached here in our, our morning summons. Lord willing, we will get here soon. Someone read for us Ephesians 6 and let's begin from verse 16 to verse 20. the sword of the spirit which is the word of God with all prayer and petition pray at all times in the spirit and with this in view be on the alert with all perseverance and petitions for all the saints and praying on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mysteries of the gospel for which I am in oh, sorry, for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Hmm. So you see there that um, the apostle does make it clear that it's the duty of Christians to pray um, and 
they pray at all times they are praying without ceasing what he tells the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5:17 um praying without ceasing praying at all times in the spirit then he says with all prayer and, suppl- and supplication to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints now we may not be able to pray for every single christian everywhere in the world because we do not know them all um but then we know that god has his people all around the world and these people are part of local churches so what do we do we pray for those churches we pray for the work of the gospel in those churches we pray that christ may be exalted in those churches and that the his people may know may grow in the increase of his knowledge they may know him more and more and more um in those in those churches um i think that's that's very clear there and also especially uh, the way he is consistently he says he is constantly praying for the saints um um yeah 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 Let's read Psalm 122. Psalm 122. Someone read for us the whole chapter Psalm 122. Psalm 122. A song of ascents of David. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up. The tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord their thrones for judgment were set the thrones of the house of David pray for the peace of Jerusalem may they be secure who love you peace be within your walls and security within your towers for my brothers and companions sake i will say peace be with you within you for the sake of the house of the lord our god i will seek your good so you know that um the people of god um are usually referred to as jerusalem you know that hymn that we love that speaks of our our going to heaven jerusalem my happy home and it is only those that are true christians that can sing that that hymn right and so we see the psalmist here david um saying that uh, the the people of god jerusalem ought to be prayed for pray for the peace of jerusalem and then he says and we know that these are the people of god that are being referred to here because he says may they be secure who love you um and and this this is this is what we are praying for we we pray for the people of god and, and that's what the writers of the confession are uh, making reference here to that all the members of the church are bound to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all the churches of christ is there any question there or comment So, so this is this is where our fellowship begins it begins with us praying for one another um it begins with us praying for for other christians other churches now you see the the way the writers of the confession so believe as we see it in god's word 
that every Christian ought to be a member of a church such that they they say that we begin by being in fellowship in one, with one another by not really praying for individual Christians uh, that we know of particular churches but really praying for the body that corporate local body that is called so and so church yeah. Presbyterian church of I don't know Baptist church of and so on and so forth so, so this is where our fellowship begins by us praying for other churches and and that does show it is a biblical basis for fellowship between churches fellowship between local churches that they pray for one another um and then next there we read in all places and upon all occasions to father it so as each church and all the members of it are bound to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all the churches of Christ in all places and upon all occasions to father it everyone within the bounds of their places and callings in the exercise of their gifts and graces so that that statement there in all places and upon all occasions to father it is not saying that we um uh, uh we we must we must go to every church everywhere that that exists rather it's that it's within the bounds of the parenthesis there tells us what it means it's within the bounds of our places and callings where we are so, so that it's not really our duty to um to 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 seek to know every single church in australia and pray for them you you get the meaning eh so when they say as each church and all the members of it are bound to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all the churches of Christ and then they say in all places and upon all occasions to father it they qualify what they are saying by saying it's everyone within the bounds of their places and callings in the exercise of their gifts and graces so so it's not really that we should seek to find out how many churches are there in china what what is what are their names what are their needs that we may pray for them no it's everyone within the bounds of their places and callings so it would it would be appropriate for us to to seek to find out how many biblical churches are here in meru or how many churches are here churches of christ that we may pray for them um so that it's it's every one of these churches within the bounds of their places and callings and in the exercise of uh, our gifts and graces so because ch- members of churches are uh, a church really is the members it's the people and it is the people praying um it's it's everyone in the exercise of their gifts and graces so we are told there so the churches when planted by the providence of god and um there we we see that churches exist providentially that's what happened to us that's what we see in the book of acts uh, we see that churches really are planted by the providence of god no one church begins somewhere um uh, coincidentally or accidentally it's really the providence of god that orders things in such a way that churches may be planted and that they may exist so the churches when planted by the providence of god so as they may enjoy opportunity and advantage of it ought to hold communion amongst themselves for their peace increase of love and mutual 
edification. The texts given us there are uh, Third John and Romans. Before we open there, um, or as we open there, let's open to Third John. Um, just like to say that uh, uh, the the churches that are 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 the churches, the true churches of Christ, we're told here that there is opportunity and advantage in uh, fellowshipping with one another. They hold communion for uh, so that they may enjoy opportunity and <clears throat> the advantage. These being peace, increase of love, and mutual edification. The church of Christ really ought to be one. Um, it is clear that the will of our Lord Jesus Christ is that we be one. And that's what he prays for. He prays for his church in John 17. Um, and so when, when, when we are told here that the opportunity and advantage that we, we have is peace um, and increase of love, really it's that purpose that Jesus has for his people, that they be one. There be, they, they, they be peace and there be increase of love amongst them. Third John 8 to 10. Third John. Someone did for us that text. John verse 8 to 10. Therefore, we ought to support people like this that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephus, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us and not content with that he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and put them out of the church so we see here that um, this is the third letter of John um, John writing this letter says there in verse 1 the elder to the beloved Gaius whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. Um, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So, so you can really tell the purpose of the book Immediately you read the first few verses there. And then he says, It is a faithful, uh, beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on, the, on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. And then he says, therefore, we ought to support people like this, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. So the language there that uh, John uses is that people are supported. People who are delighting in the truth ought to be supported. And why are they being supported? They are being supported so that um, um, the truth may continue to advance. Um, they are going out for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ and for, for the sake of this name then support them you see then the way uh, the, the Apostle John speaks here is in such a way as to communicate 
that there ought to be fellowship between uh, Christians, between different churches, so that while uh, while we know of any work that is going on that is a faithful work, the proclamation of the truth, uh, as you see there, um, then we ought to support people like this, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Now, this is what we are doing with, for example, uh, Bible Baptists, because we believe that there, there are people desiring the truth, walking in the truth, <coughs> and f- for that sake, or for the sake of that, we, we seek to support them. We seek to be there to help out as much as we can. Now you see that there is also uh, there's, there's also a problem in the way some people go about um, church matters. And because of that, the support then is very needed. Because there are someone, uh, there, there, there may be someone like uh, Diatrephes who, who likes to put himself first, not acknowledging the authority that God gave the apostles uh, so that he continues to oppose the work of God. Um, and because of that, then he ought to be uh, um, he, he ought to be he ought to be stopped, especially by the strengthening of the existing work that is going on in the truth. You see that there. And then we are given um, next text there is Romans Romans chapter 16 Romans chapter 16, verse 1 and 2. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, servant of the church at uh, Syncre, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a, in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. So you see, this is, a, this is one church member leaving one church, going to another church. And we are told uh, that this person should be received in that other church, especially because they have been faithful. They have uh, been serving others. They have shown themselves uh, uh, to be a faithful Christian, uh, to walk faithfully with the Lord. And thus then, those that are walking faithfully with the Lord on the other side where she is going should receive her. They should take her in. So we are told that, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints. So the way the Apostle speaks is as though Christian churches ought to be in good fellowship with one another. So that if someone leaves one church and goes to another they will be received there as well because churches ought to be in fellowship with one another. And this then is the biblical basis for having fellowship among churches, fellowship in churches. So we know that um, it's the will of our Lord again that uh, churches be united, that his people be one. Um, In the local churches of the New Testament, such oneness is expressed in support for gospel workers, as we have seen in, in, in 3 John, um, uh, helping the needy brethren in other churches. So you may have, you know, you may have ch- brethren who are needy, sick, whatever, whatever they may be needing that we may hear of and join in supporting them, showing therefore that we have fellowship with them. We are in good fellowship with them. Um, uh, communication between churches. You, you know that uh, instance in Acts chapter 15 
where there are men who gather to discuss this matter that the 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 Judaizers are bringing up the whole matter of uh, of of uh, accept the who can be accepted as a Christian as as the people of God and, and they meet to discuss this matter so they communicate with one another um and so on and so forth um so we've been able to see that there is a practical impossibility of every church to know every church in the whole world, right? That's just, just a practical thing. So then we've seen from our uh, writers of the confession that because churches are planted by the providence of God, we were planted by the providence of God here in Meru. Therefore, insofar as we are able to reach the, the, the churches of Christ here in Meru, we do so. Um, and then um, we, we, we see, this is exactly what we see happening, especially in the missionary journeys that the Apostle Paul had. Yeah. So, so this does have an implication for us as Trinity Reformed Baptist Church, which is a thing that we've already considered, but the confession does remind us that we ought not to walk in isolation. But then we are also choosing the people that we walk with. It is those that walk in the truth, as we've seen there in Third John. It's not every Tom, Dick, and Harry that calls themselves church. Rather, it is those who walk in the truth, those who love the truth, those who love God, those who love Christ, those who are willing to be submitted to him that we seek to walk together with. So the moment you bring up anything to do with the word of God, the truth of the scriptures, and there is direct opposition, you know that fellowship there is what is hindered. But the moment you bring the truth, and the truth is received, um, and when I say the truth here, I'm not, I, I, I don't mean, uh, I don't mean uh, truth in a, in a, what do you call it? I don't mean truth in a rel uh, 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 relative in a relative way. It's not your truth and my truth. It's not. I'm not saying that. I mean, when we look at God's word, what does it say? What does the word of God tell us? What do we see as consistent through the first book of the Bible to the to the last? That's the truth that I'm talking about, because that's the truth that that. Uh, the Apostle John spoke, speaks about in Third John. This is a person that loves the truth, that body of biblical doctrine that Christians have held from the time Christ was here until he went. Is there any question or comment? I think, I think the phrase at the end of that paragraph mm. um, ought to hold communion among themselves. It's it's not an option, really. It's it's a necessity, isn't it? Mm. That churches ought, it is like must, isn't it? They must hold communion among themselves for their peace, increase of love, and mutual edification. Mm. Um, yeah, I, th I think the, you can't emphasize enough the importance of fellowship among churches. When it says there for their peace, for their increase of love, fellowship among churches increases that capacity for us to exercise our gifts. So for instance, if there's a church in, let's say, Isiolo that was going through persecution, and you are in fellowship with that church. You see, you have that capacity to exercise comfort, to exercise encouragement to them, isn't it? And also learn from them if they are being persecuted as a church, isn't it? If there's a church that, let's say, is going through bereavement, they have lost their pastor or died, or if there's a church that is growing, or if there's a church that is very good in evangelism, uh, you as a church are able to learn from them as well as be warned if there are mistakes. Um, so 
if 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 there's if 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 there's a pastor who is propagating false teaching and you are in fellowship with them, it is very easy for you to know, isn't it? Because you're in fellowship with them. If you're not in fellowship with them, and uh, by whatever chance you allow them to come to your church and they preach and they teach false doctrine, uh, it shows that you are never careful about it. You, 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 you did not know. Uh, I think... Uh, church association or inter-church relationship is, is very important for that matter. That, um, for instance, we know Bible Baptist Church, and you know us. Um, if any of our brother or sister in our church um, becomes, do I say, a reprobate or, 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 or begins to teach false teaching, you're able to know, isn't it? We're able to tell you and warn you against such a brother. is teaching false doctrine, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, you're able to, 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 you're able to keep yourself from such danger. Yeah. And so, so, for instance, in Third John, you have the case there of. Uh, John warning about this Diotrephus who is propagating false false teaching. So that's the pattern that we see in the scriptures. So they say ought to be ought to hold communion amongst themselves. It's a thing that we should be doing as a church of Christ, holding communion with other churches that are like-minded, that are within our reach. Really, the, the internet has made the world now a global village yeah? so that we, we can be in fellowship with a church that is outside the country even, miles, miles from us, um, which the writers of the confession did not get the opportunity to see in their lifetime. said also that the, the interdependence between churches should not infringe on the on the autonomy of a local church, isn't it? I think that has been made clear from other paragraphs. Um, just because we have an association with you doesn't mean that a church can impose it's a decision on another church, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think we, we will see that more clearly next week uh, in paragraph 15. Um, but yeah, when we say that there is a biblical basis for fellowship uh, among uh, churches, the churches of Christ, we are not saying that we are not saying that there should be that hierarchy that you see in uh, you see in today's denominations, so that uh, fellowship among churches does not mean what what Pasi has just said. It doesn't mean we make decisions for you. You make decisions for us. It doesn't mean we infringe upon the uh, independence of any one local church. It just means that we. We are in uh, 
close communion with each other for our mutual edification for uh, the maintaining of love among brethren and peace uh, as we are told there Any, any any more comment or or a question if you take time to go read the the, the this chapter again you'll see that um there's a certain way that we have grown up thinking about church that is completely off and unbiblical and, and even ignorant of some things. Um, but then we praise God for, for, for such succinct explanations of, of how a church should look like, of what, the, what is the church. Uh, who is the head of the church? Who should who should be leaders in the church? Membership in the church and so on and so forth. Discipline in the church. <coughs> Such things that may may not quite be clear to us when we read the scriptures, but when someone else explains them to us, we we are able to see, to see them. Anything else before I, I close? close? Yeah, I think um, promoting the, the good of other churches also, also include, um, yes, praying for other churches as well as uh, not speaking ill or evil against other churches. Even when there's a case of doctrinal difference and uh, such difference is not, let's say, it's not a damning doctrine. Uh, we should not speak evil, ill of other churches. We should speak good about them, isn't it? Because when you speak good, you're promoting other churches, isn't it? Um, we should put off any dissension, any rivalry you might have, any, co- any kind of competition. Uh, because only then are you promoting the good of other churches, isn't it? Okay, I'd like to close with a word of prayer, then we will uh, continue with our fellowship. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your kindness, allowing us to be able to gather this evening. The thing that we are considering here is it's not a small matter that we are to be in fellowship with other churches, and this is why then we seek to find out how some churches are doing we seek to pray for others we we send our greetings to other churches this is what we see in your word Um, we encourage those that may be in tough areas Um, we get help from those that may be stronger than us we thank you that these are not things that we do from our own imagination but 
you have quite clearly shown us in your word that Christians uh, and, and churches ought to be in fellowship with, with each other. Uh, please grant that this may be our desire and may be our understanding. And uh, as we seek to meet uh, this coming week, help us to see uh, what benefit this is to us, um, how it leads to, uh, uh, to this peace and this mutual love, this mutual edification. Uh, grant that we would be um, convinced of, of these truths and that where we may have been thinking wrongly in an, in an unbiblical way, that your word may indeed uh, fashion the way we think, that your name may be glorified in your church. Bless us with these things, Lord, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.